everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one half of the show. My name is Jeff. The other half joining us from our remote studios is Mark A. Johnson. Mark, how you doing? Oh, man, I, I am doing great. I'm, I'm having so much fun these days. It's more fun than like a, a barrel of Vikings or however that goes. I think it's Vicatim. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually got to talk like this because I went away. So we the last couple of shows have been recorded long beforehand. So we got a lot of stuff to catch up on here. We got to talk about. So let's let's just get right into it. Let's start let's our BP it. segment before we get into the main segment. Now, Mark, the last time we talked, the all star game hadn't been played. It was still a little bit away. I I'm right on it. I said the home run derby. I, I thought Julio. Rodriguez might struggle <laughs> yes. in his first derby. And once again, I called it right on. You mentioned it, yeah. Uh, I'm good at this. So just everybody, when I say something like that, it's a good idea just to listen. That's it. That's right. When Jeff has a statement to make and it is predictive about baseball, put it in the vault, people. It's going to happen. <laughs> you can take it to the bank. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about, though, I mean, we didn't we haven't got to talk about the All-Star game. This was the first actual game I really, really enjoyed. It was a fun one. Yeah, and it is solely due to the all the players being mic'd up and talking to the booth during the game, including pitchers and catchers, which was just, just loved this game. It was so much fun. It really was. I don't think we're going to get to see that outside of an all-star game, but no, still. No, but they were having fun, so we were having fun. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, fun is contagious. I think, well, in fact, I don't think I know. I've seen the Mets since the all-star game. Mark Canna was mic'd up in the outfield and talking to the booth during during play but i thought that the pitcher and the catcher and when the batter was up and, and still talking that stuff was just great i they did it a great was. job with that totally agree a couple of other things we talked uh, a while ago i mentioned that teoscar hernandez of the blue jays had ordered some real stirrups i don't know why you have to order them <laughs> They used to hand that stuff out like candy when I was working in the minors. Do clubhouse guys really not have actual stirrups and sanitary socks in <laughs> their not any, clubhouse? Not anymore. I, I don't know. We used to have boxes of these things. Yeah. And if we'd ever run low, I'd just grab a whole other new bag of them and pour them in there. Now you got to got a special order. Got to order them. On, <laughs> it takes two weeks. It comes from from China or something. I don't what what's up with that. But regardless, he's wearing them in game. I mean, he's wearing some some high shoes with them, so they don't look great, but he's wearing real stirrups. And from what I saw, there were no crew socks involved like Jesse Winker had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were not fond of that one. No, no. But Winker I've also noticed is not wearing them anymore. He's he's got the long pants again, so I don't know. Uh, well. He goes through stuff. He was wearing the mock turtleneck before that looked like, you know, the 90s. Then he went yes. to the stirrups. Now he's wearing these baby blue protective things. And since the Mariners only wear their softball uniforms, it really looks weird. <laughs> you love Mariner oh uniforms. What gosh. are you talking about? Oh. We're recording this on Sunday and the Astros, I, I didn't see the game. I actually saw the last inning and I noticed the Astros wore their dark blue uniforms, forcing the Mariners to wear actual yes. professional uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was funny. That's one way to put it. Uh, Mark, we didn't, we also, you know, the Hall of Fame happened last week. It was awesome. That was, uh, that was fun to watch, uh, watch the speeches. Of course, David Ortiz kind of stole the spotlight as David Ortiz tends to do. He is big poppy. Yeah, I wanted to talk, I want to look ahead. Uh, Instead of looking back at that, I wanted to look ahead. Some of the names that are eligible for the first time next year for the Hall of Fame. 
mm-hmm. some uh, interesting ones. I'm not sure that any of these new guys are, you know, going to make it. There's certainly certainly <laughs> nobody that's going to be unanimous for sure. So we got Carlos Beltran, who, of course, is tainted by the Astros cheating scandal. I, I doubt he's going to make it. I don't I think he might no. have been a border guy anyway. Matt right. Kane, you know, had a really good career. Uh, definitely. Yeah, was a good, yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer either. Uh, we got Tacoby Bellsbury, my favorite. Uh, Taco Bellsbury. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's probably in the Taco Bell Hall of Fame. No problem. For sure. Yeah, along with that little dog that said Yokiro. Remember that guy? Yokiro Taco awesome. Bell? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Andre Ethier? Yeah. You know, no. <laughs> I'm just going to say no. John Lackey. Oh, gosh, I hate this guy. <laughs> I know you do, man. I do. You know, he could you be the like nicest. You either, you know. He could be the nicest guy off the mound. I don't know, but I hated this guy. And no, thank you. Mike Napoli? Again, no. Eh, not no. going to. You know, he's a, he's a good player. It was around for a long time. This is honestly, I think this guy might have one of the strongest cases. Francisco Rodriguez, K Rod. Well, yeah. I legitimately, yeah, I, mean, I think of these names that I'm giving you. I legitimately think right. he's got the the best resume. Not doing any research, just looking at these names, kind of off the top of my head. Next, we've got a guy that I certainly have a fondness for, but is not a Hall of Famer. Houston Street. Oh, yeah, I love Houston Street. Rookie of the Year with the A's as a closer. Mm-hmm. Next, we've got Jared Weaver, who I yep. inexplicably now have two uniforms of. That's really inexplicable, all right? <laughs> at least it was. At least there's not two lackey uniforms. Uh, yeah, so Je- Jared Weaver, Jeff Weaver's brother, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was a, he was a pitcher. Uh, next, uh, and finally, Jason Wirth, who, you know, no. he, he might have a shot down the line. Of being a borderline guy. Yeah. I mean, the 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 hair Hall of Fame. I think he's in. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, as as one who should be myself, uh, I I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Jason, he was doing the rocking the caveman look before I think yeah. a lot of other people were, and I think he just didn't like to cut his hair and his beard or anything. But or, yeah, no shaving. Yeah, so I you know it'll be interesting. Might be a year a steroid guy gets in beyond Yvonne Rodriguez. It could happen. And I know people are going to say, but but Ortiz got in. I remember Ortiz never officially tested positive for steroids. Now I'm not I'm not standing Ortiz here, but he was at no point tested positive when they were testing for steroids. So this is true. Save save your emails. Last week, or maybe it was the week before, I don't remember. Again, we recorded those shows a while ago. We were talking about war and current jersey numbers and who had the most and, and so forth. Saw an interesting study about the, not the war and who was, had the most productive numbers, but what jersey number has been worn the most in Major League history? Do you have any idea? I'm going to go with three. No. No. Oh. I mean, you, that was definitely a response, but it was not the, not the correct one. Number 22 is the most worn jersey number in Major League history. Number 22? I wouldn't have thought that. 22. I kind of feel like it's just every team always has a 22 at any point of the season might be the thing. Because there are some jersey numbers that you've got to live up to if you're going to wear them. Yeah. You know, the Yankees, obviously, that's definitely a thing. But you can't, you can't slap on a number 24 on some rookie. No. Jared Kelnick can't wear number 24 yet. Not yet. No, no. <laughs> Jared Kelnick. All right. Uh, after that, 27 is, is second. 
which might trout. But I mean, again, this is going back since they started. And if you want to know when they started wearing jersey numbers, go ahead and listen to our very first episode. That's right. Three years ago. That's a good one. (laughs) Uh, But 27 is number, number second. The least worn numbers. There are three jersey numbers that have only been worn twice. Wow. <laughs> and you'll see why when I tell you what they are. 93, 97, and 98. <laughs> yeah, I see why. Okay. <laughs> those are some, those are like your Russian defensemen in hockey are wearing those. You're, I guess, no, those are kind of more your Russian forwards, like your right winger <laughs> is wearing number 97. But again, nobody was wearing 99 until a couple of years ago, and now that's cool. Uh, Mark, I want to talk about the, the Derek Jeter documentary. Now, I know this is going to be a one-sided conversation because I know you refuse to watch it. I, I wouldn't say refuse. I'm just not going to. It's very different. <laughs> well, I got to say it's very good. I want to say it's not very good because it's about Derek Jeter. And it is about Derek Jeter part of the time. A lot of time it's just about late 90s and early 2000s baseball, which is great. You get a lot of interviews with players, a lot of inside stories that we like to we like to hear about that we had not heard before. The last episode we heard about uh, Derek Jeter's umbilical hernia. Do you Oof. know what that means? It means he had a hernia and why does he have an umbilical cord? What's well, it, it means he wasn't any and then he became an Audi. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, is that Ooh, I know. That still doesn't sound right. That still doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> it sounds like it would be sore. Well, he did this in the offseason, getting out of a cab on New Year's Eve and slipped on some ice. What? And Okay. Didn't affect his career, but... I slip on ice, I bust my head. He slips on ice, he gets an Audi. What in the world? Athletes are built differently, Mark. Are you saying I'm not an athlete? I am I'm 100% saying you are not an athlete, sir. But I can still get athlete's foot, so that's all I care about. (laughs) Sometimes on both feet at the same time. It's really (laughs) disturbing. All right, uh, we got a Lars Newtbar update. We need a a theme for that. Well, you know, I made one, and I just didn't like it. So, yeah, if somebody else wants to make us one, we'll go ahead and do it. Let's see here. Lars has been playing. He's been getting in the lineup, like, regularly. Which means that's awesome. And the Cardinals, I think, are actually in contention. So that's what is really confusing to me. But as we enter this show, uh, entering Sunday, he's got a four-game hit streak. So Yeah. Hit a home run the other day, too. So looking at his season numbers right now, entering Sunday, as I said, he's got five home runs, 17 RBI. He's hitting 215. His on-base is up to 301. So it's creeping up there. He's still striking out a bit. but. Yeah. Takes a while. He's doing better. So, Lars, we're, we're here for you. All right, Mark, we've got something very serious we got to talk about. Okay. First of all, to our listeners, we appreciate everybody that takes the time to rate and review our podcast. That's what helps it get to a wider, you know, it's one of those things that helps it get to a wider audience out there. But, Mark, we got our first bad review. and We, we, we did. And, and I say that, and it's a three-star review, which, I mean, let's be honest— You don't really have a podcast until you get a bad review, until you've made somebody so upset that they've got to write a bad review. Yeah. And the worst they could do is three. So yeah, yeah. That's that's not terrible. For three years, they like give us a star for every year. But I'm gonna call this I'm assuming it's a guy, and I apologize. I'm gonna call this person out. I'm not gonna say their name. I don't recognize it. No normal listener that I know has this name. So, you know, we like to make fun of ourselves here. We have the kangaroo court. We have several listeners that apparently just 
wait to Tuesday waiting to try and get a sun kangaroo court. And we appreciate it. We like to interact with them. But this is this has gone too far. This yes. is this is the, the title of the review again. Three out of five of it's not pepper. It's pickle. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so ridiculous. This is this. Like yeah. We didn't know. Yeah. Huh? It, hence the phrase caught in a pickle. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I never understood that phrase before this. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I was just uh, I was watching I was watching a documentary about the 86 Mets. They're fascinating to me. And at Old Shea Stadium, that old stenciled on sign behind home plate that said, no pickle games allowed. Definitely. Funny, I don't remember that. I sign. don't either. Now, listen, if you want to come at us, <laughs> you better know your stuff. <laughs> exactly. Pickle and pepper are two different things. A pickle is when you get caught in between bases. and It's a rundown. Caught in a pickle, as this review says. Pepper is a baseball thing. And if you don't know what it is, you don't know baseball history. Please, I would like an apology. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, when I read that review, I was like, uh, was this guy joking or what's going on here? I'm going to explain it for this. I don't know if this person ever listens to our show. They might have just listened to one, but... Pepper is a way of warming up that fielders used to do, usually in a circle, where you don't really touch the ball for it's like a, it's like hot potato. Mm-hmm. You're just shoveling it around. It's a way to warm up, get you you know get ready to go out and field. There used to be signs in every parks, including major league parks like Shea Stadium, that had it stenciled permanently on the the padding of the wall that said "No Pepper Allowed" because it would tear up the infield from the. Yeah fielders with their spikes that is what we are talking about so oh i'm just so tempted to say this this person's username but i'm not going to no 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 we, we're going to protect them as opposed to how they <laughs> we don't we don't towards us we don't want our listeners doxing them so we're gonna <laughs> right there, now, there was another uh, funny little note on there about uh rbis yeah now i clearly this person has not listened to many of our shows because we have covered way in the past that rbi and rbi's RBIs is the correct way to say it. I know that. RBI, there's there's technically nothing wrong with saying RBI for multiple runs batted right. in. But I say it that way because it makes me it makes me laugh. It's it's just like if we wanted to talk about Tony LaRusse's DUIs, we put a apostrophe S after that, right? That's right. <laughs> We've, when there's multiple things like a DUI or a POW or whatever, you could you put that. We understand that. I'm going to keep saying RBI now for sure just because of this review. <laughs> so suck it. <laughs> well, what can you do? You Go know? play pickle and suck it. Yeah, you right. can't please them all, I guess. You no, know? I guess. I guess. Not. <laughs> I've, I've been waiting because you like sent nice. that to me like after we recorded. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got to wait two weeks to talk about this. So. <laughs> you, you were you weren't real pleased with the, you know, like you said. If you're going to give us a bad review, fine. But mention stuff that maybe we didn't do right. Yeah. Instead of just what you think we didn't Instead do Instead of right. you not knowing. That's exactly it. All yeah. right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna go take a cold shower before we start thinking in now. <laughs> the ground screws out here doing their stuff. Let's get ready, Mark, because I got a topic that I had a really fun time writing about this. So I'm excited to talk about Alex Cole. Awesome. Now, I don't I'm guessing that most of our listeners probably remember who Alex Cole is. If you don't, I'm going to tell you about him. So let's get right into it here. The year is 1989 and the movie Major League has just come out. Great movie. Funny. 
baseball centric. And I think the best thing about it is it really seemed to encapsulate the Cleveland baseball franchise at that point just perfectly. Uh, yeah. Side note, it now really applies to the Reds and the A's more than anybody else, but still, great, great movie. Uh, the caricatures are just spot on in this movie. The grizzled veteran catcher in Jake Taylor, it's got the bad yeah. knees. Hell of a situation we got here, two on, two out, you guys trailing by one in the ninth. You got a chance to be a hero on national television if you don't blow it. The past is prime overpaid vet and Roger Dorn. He's out of my reach. What do you want me to do, die for it? The crazy relief pitcher that even though uh, even though he's not a lefty, Ricky Vaughn. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? They really messed out without getting a lefty there. Uh, the Gaylord Perry-esque starter, Eddie Harris. Mm-hmm. Crisco, Bardal, Vagisil. Any one of them will give you another two to three inches drop on your curveball. The power-hitting Latino, Pedro Serrano. Look, I go to you. I stick up for you. You know, help me now. I say, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. The seen-it-all-straight shooting manager, Lou Brown. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. And finally, the slick-dressing, cocky, base-stealing leadoff man, Willie Mays Hayes. Well, you may run like Mays, but you hit like Man, you make me want to watch the movie again. Yeah, I, well, I did. Movie. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that season, the real team from Cleveland finished with a 73-89 and 89 record under Doc Edwards, sixth in the AL East. Now, by the way, Doc Edwards... Lou Brown could have been named Doc Edwards because it's just, it fits perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't think Doc Edwards actually had a PhD, but it could be mistaken. Not sure. He's not a real doctor. I don't think he's a real doctor. I don't quote me on that. Uh, They had Joe Carter in center field who would be traded away in the offseason for Sandy Alomar, Carlos Baerga, and Chris James. Not a bad package there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had Corey Snyder in right and a young Joey Bell. Finishing up his rookie season. Joey, so, yes, he was know. Joey. No, of course, Joey went on to become Albert. Yeah. But but that was it, literally. Uh, they did not have a lot of pitching. They had some some young pitching, but they did not have a whole lot going on in this organization. Besides the return on the Carter trade, which we know now was obviously a good one, they didn't have a whole lot to look forward to in, in 1990. Enter Alex Cole. Yeah. Cole was drafted by the Bucks in 1984 in the 11th round. Uh, he did sign, though. He played another year at the State College of Florida, Manatee, Sarasota. Kind of rolls off the tongue, no? Boy, I, I tell you what, I've been a fan of theirs forever. <laughs> Actually, I think they pronounce it the State College of Florida, Manatee, Sarasota. Uh, can you guess what the mascot is of this uh, this educational institution? Of, of Manatee, uh, Sarasota? Yeah. I'm going to go with a groundhog. How? Wow. I thought you were going to go with manatee, but no, you got it right. <laughs> now, of course, they're the manatees. Very, very clever. Actually, though, not a bad baseball school. Besides Cole, other big leaguers to come out of the manatees program. Jody Reed, I believe his mustache also played there. I'm not sure. Not uh, Glenn Davis. Talk about him. Seems like mm-hmm. every week. And Ron Washington also played. Oh, nice. At... Uh, The State College of Florida Manatee, Sarasota. Well, he played well enough that uh, the next year he was drafted in the second round by the Cardinals with whom he signed. He toiled in the minors 
and finally ended up being traded to the Padres in 1990 in February. And then in July, he was traded to Cleveland for Wax Packs hero regular Tom Lampkin. Oh, man. Yeah. Cole batted from the left side and each season with Cleveland wore a double flap helmet which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Always sported some flashy eyewear that looked like it was right off the set of the latest MC Hammer video. Chris Sabo wore Rex Specs, of course. Alex Cole, yes. where he wore straight up high fashion eyewear. Mm -hmm. this, was no, this was no Rex Specs. I found only a single card of his where he wasn't wearing his trademark posh goggles. And that was his 93 Rockies card. He wasn't wearing them because he was wearing a, a fresh pair of Oakley wraparounds. Ah, yes. So every other card, he's wearing these these awesome glasses. Now, leaving no stone unturned for you, our listeners, I tracked down the company that made his glasses. It was a German company called Castle Eyewear, and they're still around, my friend. Wow. And they are still making frames that look suspiciously, well, I, exactly like some of the frames he wore in the 90s. I, I don't know if it's just a cyclical cycle thing or not, but I'm always on the lookout for some cool sunglasses. So I found the closest look to what Alex rocked. And you too, today, could look like Alex Cole for only $600. Is that it? That is it. That's like six months of work for me. <laughs> well, do you want to look like Alex Cole? I do. Is I what do. you have to ask yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in his five seasons in the minors, Cole swiped 304 bases. That's a lot. That's about 60 a season. Got on base at a decent clip. His uh, on-base percentage was in the mid-300s. His batting average was just that. It was about average. But he finally got the call to the show at the end of July in 1990. Eight games into his big league career, he showed the flash of what he could be. August 1st against the Royals in front of a whole 12,000 fans at the cavernous mistake by the lake. The, the packed mistake by the lake. Yeah, so I'm not making fun of 12,000 fans because that's a homestand <laughs> here in Oakland. <laughs> that's a good point. And, you know, the Coliseum is pretty big as well, but the Cleveland Municipal Stadium was just, it was huge. And 12,000 fans, it must have looked like there was about 400 people there. Mark Davis was on the mound for the Royals. Bottom of the first inning, Cole leads off with a walk. Mitch Webster's at the plate. Cole steals second. Webster flies out. That brings the governor, Jerry Brown, to the plate. Cole steals third. Brown then doubles him home. Cole obviously scores. That's what happens when you double someone home. I would hope so. I, I don't need to say that to a majority of our listeners, but to one in particular, I'm just going to make sure. <laughs> well, here he goes again. Jeff, now... I, I got a question for you. Would you score from third on a double? Uh, well, if it's a deep double, yeah. <laughs> it's got to got to really I need some help. Uh, bottom of the third inning. Next time Cole comes up, he's hit by a pitch, promptly steals second. He's stranded there. Next at bat, Cole singles in a run, steals second again, and then he's driven in from there. Seventh inning, Cole singles again, steals second again stranded again cleveland though went on to win the game and cole's final line read two for two a walk a hit by pitch one rbi am i i want to make sure i'm saying that right it was just one one rbi right no yeah, no it was one pickle okay one pickle <laughs> i think that's what we're gonna call rbis from now on <laughs> 
Uh, four runs scored in five stolen bases to the dismay of Royals catcher Mike McFarlane. This was a new single team record for the franchise. Cole ends his rookie season. He ends up stealing 40 bags in only 63 games. He hits an even 300 and has an on base of 379. I'll take that all day. Boy, it, that's a that's a great start in 63 games. Yeah. What a, what a way to kick things off. Yeah. So the comparisons to Willie Mays Hayes here are inevitable, and he immediately becomes a cult hero in the city. So beyond the speed he showed in his rookie season, he was also a bit of an attention grabber, especially in Cleveland because of his resemblance, as I mentioned, both on and off the field to Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. Now, I don't know if this was always the case or just because of the movie. In an article, Cole listed Wesley Snipes as his favorite actor, as well as the celebrity he would most like to have dinner with. Okay? That makes sense. In the same article, he also listed House Party 1 and 2 as his favorite movies of all time, which I don't think Wesley Snipes was in either of those, though. No, but those were very highly regarded uh, award winners. Yeah, well, kid and play, man. Yeah, that's right. Finally, Cleveland's like, all right, we got somebody to build around. So after 63 games of seeing what he could do, ownership is going to make him the bedrock of this franchise. Don't worry about Sandy Alomar, who you traded for, Carlos Baerga, Joey Bell. Don't worry about these guys. We're All our chips are getting pushed towards Alex Cole. So much so that they moved the fences back at Cleveland Municipal Stadium to take advantage of his speed. They moved center field back 15 feet. Woo! All of the fences, almost 15 feet everywhere. They also raised the height of the fences. So, you know, we marveled at the or at the Orioles moving left field back and raising it like they did. Just think about doing that essentially everywhere in Cleveland. Yeah. So it's essentially like the dimensions of Coors Field without the altitude. Joey Bell did not enjoy this, by the way. <laughs> the next season, the the whole Cleveland team hit only 22 home runs at home. Ouch. That's not a lot. Bell had 28 homers all season. Only eight came at home when he played his first full season with these dimensions. So worst news, though, was that in spring training, Cole tripped coming out of the batter's box during an early at bat and he separated his shoulder. This injury caused him to be tentative throughout the season. Diving hurt. And he tried to avoid doing that, which for a base stealer that goes in head first, there could be some problems there. He got picked off first a lot. He stole only 27 bases. He was thrown out 17 times. Not quite the ratio of the season before. No, and I'm, I'm going to, I did crunch the numbers, and that's not a good percentage, though. Uh, his defense was, well, it was offensive. It was not good. His batting average and on base actually, though, remained around the same. Heading into the 92 season, Cleveland made a trade with Houston, acquiring noted college basketball star Kenny Lofton. I mean, I like what they're doing with Cole and Lofton because you know how I like oh, the speed. No, that's perfect for you, man. Yeah, so Cole could sense that uh, there was some pressure on him here with Kenny Lofton coming over, and he managed to show some flashes of his old self now and then. In a game in May against the Angels, Cole went 4-for-4 four four with a walk. Stole five bases, again, tying his own team record, but it wasn't enough as Kenny Lofton obviously went on to become, you know, I'm, I'm a Ricky Henderson stand, but I can say it. Lofton was probably the best base stealer of the 90s. He was 
fast and good. And I mean, he's, he was a great player. He was a nightmare to, on the bases. If you were, if you were playing defense, if you're a pitcher, you're a catcher, that guy was a nightmare. And if the team ever had a pickup basketball game, he was likewise. He was amazing. Yes. So seeing Kenny Lofton was definitely the better of the two players. Cleveland traded Cole to the Bucks for two minor leaguers. During the offseason, he was selected by the Rockies in the expansion draft where he had a decent year. That was followed by two seasons in Minnesota where he hit the only five home runs of his career. Didn't hit any in Colorado, but I, I guess they turned on the AC for him in the Metrodome. Got it. Yes, definitely. Now, my most vivid memory of Alex Cole was not a good one. In 1995, he broke his leg and ankle while coming in on a ball in the outfield in Milwaukee. It was not pretty, obviously. And to make it worse for me, that summer playing softball, I did the exact same thing. Broken leg and ankle. See, now people knew that. A few people knew that about Alex Cole, but you had never announced that before on the show. So this is big news to a lot of people. (laughs) Now, contrary to what you might have heard, it's not fun. When that happens, I was in left in our first baseman uh, when everyone was out circling around me while I was (laughs) withering in pain, told me that it sounded like a tree branch had snapped in half from first base. That's what it sounded like. Ouch. When the paramedics finally got to me, they told me it was probably just a sprain. But yeah, it was was a little bit more than that. Uh, Alex played a final year in 1996 with the Red Sox. Got into only 26 games. He bounced around in the minors, the Mexican League, and independent ball for five years. But then he ran into some problems off the field. In 2002, he was busted by the cops in the locker room of Harbor Yard in Bridgeport, Connecticut, while playing for the Bridgeport Bluefish. He pled guilty to possession with intent to distribute heroin. He served 18 months in jail when he was caught attempting to sell a kilo of heroin to an undercover cop. Now, Now, why would you go up to an undercover cop like that? I was just going to say, if you are trying to sell drugs, the number one rule is do not sell to undercover cops. Apparently he was undercover. Super secret, double undercover, so he couldn't tell. Four years later, a judgment in excess of $30,000 was entered against him for running up a credit card bill under a friend's name and then not repaying them. So he stole somebody's credit card. No word on whether he and Carlos Peguero's wife knew each other or not. Now, (laughs) this is, I think, more of an inside joke to Mark and I, but I'm referencing Mariner slugger Carlos Peguero, whose wife did the same thing by stealing Felix Hernandez's wife's credit cards and then... uh, charging a lot of things on it. Peguero was subsequently dealt and then went on to play in Japan, that's Japan and Korea together at the same time. Uh, It's hard to do, but a few people have pulled it off. (laughs) Carlos Peguero's the guy. That's right. Uh, He went on to play in Japan and Korea and is actually still playing in the Dominican League during the winter. Uh, what I did not know about Peguero's wife, though, before today, was that she is the youngest daughter of former Major League reliever Pedro Borbone and sister of Pedro Borbone Jr., who also played in the big leagues. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's not what Cole. I don't know what he's doing now. He could be in jail somewhere. He could be living very well and very right. I found nothing about what he's doing now. So if you know what's going on with Alex Cole, let us know. 
I'll be happy to update everybody because I could not find out. I was excited to talk about Alex Cole because that dude, I mean, I remember him in those those glasses. Oh, man. Oh, God. He was he was uh, one of those guys that you just would stop and watch for a while because you never knew he was going to do something amazing. You know, he, 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 like you said, he only had five career home runs, but 148 career stolen bases in seven years, including some years where he didn't even play that much. So pretty impressive. I tend to watch him because he's one of those guys that his appearance just fascinated me. Yeah. So <laughs> just, I mean, think, think of Willie McGee in a double ear flapped batting helmet with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's goggles on. Like that's, that's what he kind of looked like. And it just amused me, but he was also fast. So I rooted for him to get on base. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Alex Cole. Pretty impressive uh, lifetime batting average of 280 with a 360 lifetime on base percentage. That's what you want out of a base stealer. Yeah. I mean, 360 is, is pretty good. The, the average, the 280 lifetime in the seven years in the big league is actually surprises me. Here's a, a 206, a 256, a 222. He didn't carry a great bat, but he could get on base. You know, he walked 40, 50 times. And then, of course, he he could steal when he wasn't hurt. Alex Cole. If you never got a chance to see him play, he's a character. And if you want to just Google some pictures of him if you don't yeah. know <laughs> who he is, because it'll 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 uh, it'll entertain you. And I do want to also mention that in baseball reference, similar batter scores to him. Uh, he is listed as being very similar to Buttercup Dickerson. Oh, my gosh. The great. What did you say? Buttercup? Buttercup Dickerson, who, uh, of course, played likewise for seven years, uh, 1878 through 1885. Oh, yeah, I remember that. All right. So that's going to do it on Alex Cole. That's going to do it for the uh, middle segment of the show. And that is going to take us to our final portion of the show, the portion that everybody's here for. It is time for Wax Packs Heroes. Wax Pack Heroes. All right, Mark, you broke my winning streak last week, and I'm, well, I guess two weeks ago, because last week we, we had a guest, which is good. I think maybe I needed some time off after, you know, finally losing. I needed to collect my, my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> everyone went on vacation. It was like the all-star break for my team. But we're there back. We're refreshed. We're ready to go. Looking at the scoreboard, I am currently leading, which is something I do not say very often. The score six to four. And I've got some new cards for us this week. I'm excited. I picked up a box of 2003 tops. Sweet. Now, it's interesting because these uh, have 35 cards in each pack. So yeah. that's 70 cards we're going to have to get through today. Obviously, we're not going to open, we're not even going to go through one of these packs. We're going to just take the top 20 pack cards from this uh, from this first pack, and we'll go through those. But if you are new here, or if you are not and need a refresher, or want one, or if, even if you don't want one, you're going to get one on how we score these. So we're going to take the baseball reference war of the year the cards are from, in this case, 2003. That will be the score for each card. There are a couple of modifiers that can add or subtract to the score from these, uh, anything on the player's face, that means glasses, mustache, eye black, 
uh, anything like that, you get an extra tenth of a point of war. If it's a great mustache like Buttercup Dixon's, uh, Dickerson, excuse me, Mr. Buttercup, uh, you can get an extra tenth of a point too if it's a really good one. If we can see you're wearing real stirrups, you get an extra tenth of a point, but if you're wearing those two-in-ones, we're going to subtract a tenth of a point because that's a low effort. If you're wearing sweatbands with your caricature or jersey number on it, you get an extra tenth of a point. Any of your final three seasons in your career were played for the Seattle Mariners, you get an extra tenth of a point for each season. Two ear flaps like Alex Cole or no ear flaps on the batting helmet, you get an extra tenth of a point. If you're batting without any batting gloves, you get an extra tenth of a point. If you won an award that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, Gold Glove, extra half a point award for each. If you are in the Hall of Fame or if there is a Hall of Famer pictured anywhere in the card, you get a whole extra point of war. If it is Nolan Ryan, regardless of who pulls it, which I don't think will happen in 2003, Mark's going to get a a whole five points of war. If it's a Ricky Henderson, which could happen, I get the whole five points of war. And we're each going to pick a team. And uh, if either of us pulls a card from that team, uh, if it's my team, I get a half a point of war. If it's Mark's team, he gets a half a point of war. So, Mark, who are you going to go with this week? Well, my temptation is to go with Cleveland, but uh, I'm going to leave that for you. And I think I'm going to go with the Dodgers. All right, the Dodgers. So you're taking the Dodgers. Well, I am going to take, I think I am going to take their uh, regional rival, their natural rival. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Orioles. Oh boy, those guys are—they hate each other. They—they they really do. Do they know they exist? Exist. They hate each other as much as the Padres and the Mariners. That's right, the natural rivals. All right, so Mark, we're going to do this a little bit differently since there are 35 cards in this pack. I'm going to give you a couple of options here. Do you want? Should we take the top 20 cards or the bottom 20 cards from this pack? I think we should go with the top 20. Top 20. All right. And do you want the first 10 or the last 10? I would like the first 10. First 10. So let me have these. All right. Yeah, there are definitely 35 cards in this pack. All right. So uh, you're going to have the top 10 cards here. I'm going to have you go first because I like to be the home team because I like to be able to bat last in case I need to. We're going to start off with somebody I'm not sure that we've had him before. Uh, it is. Uh, these are good looking cards, by the way. I don't, I don't hate these. Uh, you have got a shortstop for the Astros. It is Jose Vizcaino. Man, Vizcaino. God, what do you say about Jose Vizcaino? It hasn't been said already. <laughs> well, we've got something. First of all, I know that he was uh, a World Series winner with the Yankees in 2000 because I was watching the Derek Jeter documentary. And uh, <laughs> at one point they were showing highlights of the 2000 World Series and Vizcaino made a play and I was like, holy Moses, uh, Jose Vizcaino was on the Yankees, but yes, he was. Let's see. Jose Vizcaino, 18 years in the big leagues, man. He just played forever. Man, I guess. Uh, most of it was in the National League, except for that little uh, 73 games with New York and then 48 games with Cleveland. The rest of it was all spent in the National League. But let's see. We are looking at 2003. He did spend the entire year as a 35-year-old with Houston that year. Played in 91 games. He hit 249, 281 on base. Did not walk a lot. And uh, let's see. He, you know, he didn't strike out that much either, though. He was kind of like Altuve. He just went up there swinging. Three home runs, 26 pickles for the year, and that equals a 65 OPS plus. 
and that will be a minus 0.5 to start you out. Like I said, what can you say about Jose Vizcano? It hasn't been said already. Uh, yeah. uh, there is nothing on this card either that is going to help you out. Well, you know, if you had said, Mark, look all through baseball history, pick one guy that you want to start this week off with, I don't think I would have come up with Jose Vizcano. Your next card is, uh, I'm not sure we've talked about this guy yet. I mean, this is why I buy different years, so we get guys that we haven't talked about before. This guy I always tried to trade for on my fantasy team. It is outfielder for the Red Sox, Trot Nixon. Trot Nixon, interesting name. I I think it was his middle name or something. Christopher Trotman Nixon. Trotman, there <laughs> Trotman. it is. Trotman. That is an interesting one for sure. <laughs> Let's see, 12 years in the big leagues, 10 of it with Boston. Finished up his career in Cleveland and with the Mets. He did win a World Series with Boston, that 2004 World Series. He was hurt for most of the year, only played in 48 games that year, but we're interested in the year before, 2003. He played in 134 games. He hit 306. Had a 396 on base. This is looking good for you. 24 doubles, six triples. Wow. 28 home runs, 87 pickles for the year, a OPS plus of 149, and that equals a 5.1 war. Yikes. Very, very nice. Very nice. Nothing on the card is going to help you out, but a 5.1 is pretty good. And yes, I am amusing myself by saying pickles instead of RBI every time. So uh, he was a first round draft pick by the Red Sox in 93. So uh, Nixon and his wife Catherine have a couple of sons, one of which was born on September 11th, 2001. Oh, wow. And uh, he actually missed the birth of his child because he was trying to fly back to Boston to be there. But obviously, air traffic had come to a, a halt at that point, and he could not make it because of the terrorist attacks. Next, this is one of my favorite players, and I was there, and I got to watch him for a long time from very close distance and the reason i liked him is because he was fast here he is with the atlanta hammers shortstop rafael furcal furky furky is that what they called him yep that was his nickname not furby furky for a good while too let's see uh he played for 14 years now the age is listed here he was one of those guys that falsified his information so we're not really sure about his ages but we do know that he was not the age he said he was when he broke into the league. Rookie of the year in 2000 with Atlanta. I remember that quite fondly. Three-time All-Star, and he was also a member of the Cardinals at the end of his career and won a World Series ring there in 2011. Overall, 14 years in the big leagues. Good news for you. In 2003, he was an All-Star. Led the league in triples with 10. 15 home runs wow. for Rafael Furcal. That ties his season high. He had four seasons in a row where he hit double digits and nothing close to it really after that. So something was going on in that period, I think. 61 pickles, 270, uh, I'm sorry, a 292 average, 352 on base, a 105 OPS plus, and all of that equals a war of 4.9. He was an all-star, so that'll be 5.4. Uh, nothing else uh, on this card is going to help you out, but that'll be oh, 5.4. There's something interesting. He finished 33rd in the MVP voting. I did see so that. that. Only 32 players were more valuable than Rafael. That, that means that there were a lot of good players that year because a lot of people <laughs> got votes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it means. Oh, I do remember this. For call completed an unassisted triple play against the Cardinals on August 10th, 2003. I believe that was a Sunday night ESPN game. 
And I'm pretty sure it was in uh, it was in St. Louis because I was not there in person to see that. But I do I absolutely remember that. This is a sad moment, but it's also a Mark moment. His father died on Father's Day in 2010 after being kicked by a horse on the family farm. Ouch. Yikes. My wife makes fun of me around horses because I will go about three miles behind each horse. I don't blame you at all, man. Uh, I've seen seen a horse kick someone. Yeah, I don't want to get anywhere near the back end of a horse for numerous reasons. Yeah. So I'm going to stick. I have done the method of just keeping my hand and walking right up against it around it. But that freaks me out. So I don't (laughs) don't really like that. Oh, this is nice. When he uh, he used some of his earnings from baseball, he arranged a uh, for the Los Angeles Fire Department to donate a fire truck to his hometown that did not have a fire department. That's That's very cool. All right. Next, you have got a catcher again, a teammate here of for calls, somebody who I sat even closer to. (laughs) Does that can, can you guess who that was? A catcher? Yep. I don't remember. Ah, well, it wasn't Eddie Perez. It it was, and I sat, you know, right behind home plate and there would just be a stream of young women walking down right next to us uh, before they were shoot away. They were always shoot away a little bit slower than than the others. But uh, just to get a catch of Mr. Javi Lopez uh, squatting down. His posterior was quite famous. Especially in Atlanta. It was a, it was a topic of conversation a lot of times. There was also a relief pitcher for the Rockies named Javi Lopez at the same time. Very confusing. See, I was going to go with Jerry Willard, but it was uh, he was before that time. Yeah, I tell you, I don't don't remember him uh, getting getting down there. Let's see, fifteen years in the big leagues, twelve with Atlanta for Javi Lopez. Uh, he was a member of the nineteen ninety five World Series team, three time All Star, and in two thousand and three, more good news for you, he joined for call on that All Star team. Nice. 129 games, 328 average, 378 on base, 43 home runs. Wow. Ooh. Came in fifth in the MVP voting. A lot. That's a lot of more votes than 33rd. Uh, let's see. 109 <laughs> pickles on the year and a 169 OPS plus, And that equals a 6.8 war plus wow. the all-star. So that will be a 7.3. Woo! I'm gonna roll here. Uh, yeah, nothing else on this card is gonna help you, but uh, 7.3 is nothing to be mad at. Caught Kent Merker's no hitter in 1994. Beautiful. Yeah, that's about uh, that's about it. That's news newsworthy or noteworthy uh, from what we're looking for. So you're at 17.3. Next, you're gonna get a Kansas City Royal. Oh, this guy was a closer for a good bit, I believe. Roberto Hernandez. Oddly, we called him Bob. Uh, I think he probably answered to that. Robbie. Bob Hernandez. Yeah, Roberto Manuel Hernandez. Played for a long time, 17 years in the big leagues. Let's see, seven with the White Sox, three with Tampa, and then just one or two seasons with just about every other team in the big leagues, except for Seattle, so no bonus there. In 2003, he was 38 years old, playing for Atlanta. Maybe that's why I remember him so much. He went 5-3, and three, a 4.35 ERA. He's got into 66 games, no saves, 60 innings pitched, 61 hits allowed, 45 strikeouts. That is good for an ERA plus of 99. And that will equate to a war of minus 0.5 again. You know, it's, it's either a big number or it's minus 0.5. Yes. Now, he does have a mustache here, so that will just be a minus 0.4. It's a little bit easier to swallow. 
Oh, wow. He was part of that three-way trade in 2001. He was traded by the Rays to Kansas City. The A's sent Ben Grieve, who was Rookie of the Year, to, to, the, to Tampa. They also sent Angel Baroa and A.J. Hinch to, AJ Hinch to the Royals. Tampa sent Corey Lytle to the A's, and the Royals sent Johnny Damon and Mark Ellis to the A's. So I like that trade because Mark Ellis was a longtime athletic and a longtime favorite of any A's fan. Absolutely. Roberto Hernandez, by the way, went to USC. That's University of South Carolina. Yeah, and when I moved to the South, everyone kept saying USC. And definitely being a West Coast guy, that one threw me for a loop. I remember I used to travel to the South a lot, and it was the same thing. I'd say, hey, you're going to watch the USC game. What else is there to do? (laughs) Well, a lot, actually. I don't know. All right. So that'll take you to 16.9. Your next card, uh, this guy, I remember. He was around for quite a while, most of it with the Chicago White Sox, Aaron Rowan. And uh, the cousin of big game James Shields. Oh, nice. Yeah, big game James. What an awful nickname. For somebody that just really was nothing more than an average pitcher, despite all the hype. Let's see. Uh, 11 years in the big leagues for Rowan. Five with the White Sox, four with the Giants, and then two with the Phillies. In 2003, he was a 25-year-old for the White Sox. 93 games. Hit 287, 327 on base. Six home runs, 24 pickles, a 102 OPS plus. And that equals a .8 war. To the positive. Yeah, and he's got some eye black on here. Now, here's a question for you. Was uh, Mr. Rowan a on uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch at any time? No, he was not. We have, in fact, not yet drawn anybody that has been on. And I'm not sure in 2003 that we will draw anybody. Well, I'll tell you what, he was on American Chopper. What? So there you, oh, there you go. Orange County uh, Choppers, right? It's something like that. I don't know. It's like motorcycle. Oh, oops, I mean bikes. Uh, I mean choppers. Yeah. Sorry. Let me guess what happened here. He ordered a custom bike. They threw together a design. They had some differences, uh, whether it be putting it together or some interpersonal thing. They got in a blow up. They were worried that the bike wasn't going to get done on time. But then somehow <laughs> it got done on time and everybody was happy. Now, I'm just I see where you're going with wild this. guess here. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Rowan, first round draft pick by the White Sox in the 98 draft. He was traded to the Phillies for Jim Tomei in cash. Wow. Wow. That is uh, also Gio Gonzalez was involved in that trade. So that's very highly thought of. I know he was a good player for a long time. Oh, absolutely. All right. So you've got uh, you've got four cards left. You're currently at 17.8. Next, you have got uh, we haven't had a we haven't had a Oriole or a Dodger yet. Pitcher. For the St. Louis Cardinals, Matt Morris. Let's see. Matt Morris, a two-time All-Star during his 11 years in baseball. Eight spent with the Cardinals, then two apiece for the Bucks and the Giants. In 2003, the 28-year-old went 11-8 and with a 3.76 ERA. Five complete games. Led the league with three shutouts in 172 and a third innings. Struck out 120. Had a 110 ERA+. Plus. And that will equal a war of 2.7. I was not expecting a 2.7 there. Nothing else on that card is going to help you out, but that's uh, that's a good score there. Lifetime 121 and 92 with a 3.98 ERA. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. For over 1,800 innings. You're at 20.5. Your next card is, wow, this this is great because this is right when I was 
working for Atlanta. So all these guys, we're getting a lot of National Leaguers. I remember vividly. Here he is, pitcher for the Reds, Chris Rietzma. Good news for you, his final year, Chris Rietzma in 2007 was for your Seattle Mariners. We oh. went 0-2 with a 7.61 ERA. Uh, yeah, I remember him well. <laughs> yeah. yes. I, how could you? Because that really just, those numbers have got to blend in at that time with every other pitcher for the Mariners. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but in 2003, as a 25-year-old with the Reds, he went 9-5 and with a 4.29 ERA in 57 games. He did have 12 saves that year, 84 innings pitched, struck out 53, had a 96 ERA+. Plus. And that will equal a war of positive 0.5. Yay. Now he does, uh, he's got red socks on, but there is no hint of white that I can see. So nothing there is going to help you out. But you do get a tenth of a point for being a Seattle Mariner in 2007 in your final year. I will take that. So I did not know this. Ritzma had a nickname that apparently he only got when he got to the Mariners at the end of his career. Okay. And that is the Grim Ritzma. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so apparently, this is, I'm just going to read this straight out of Wikipedia. Uh, Ritzma himself was the last to know that his bullpen buddies had taken to wearing t-shirts with his name on them. They began wearing gray shirts with the words the Grim Ritzma on them, complete with a maple leaf logo, he's Canadian, and a picture of the Grim Reaper. Uh, let's see, George Sherrill came up with it shortly after a game in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Ritzma had gotten up in the bullpen to warm up, and the fans, one of the fans stood up and shouted, Grim Ritzma! And Ritzma <laughs> went on the DL shortly after. So, <laughs> well, maybe that wasn't the best nickname. I think you? that fan might be the Grim Ritzma more than, more than uh, Chris was. All right, you got two cards left. You're at 21.1. You've got a Met, and I, I remember this name vividly because uh, I'm watching the Derek Jeter talk. Uh, it's Timo Perez with the Mets. Boy, I don't remember a whole lot about Timo Perez. Let's see. Timo, eight years in the big leagues. Uh, he was a member of the 2005 World Series team with the White Sox. In 2003, he was a 28-year-old for the Mets. He appeared in 127 games, hit 269, 301 on base. No power, only 42 home run, or uh, only four home runs, 42 pickles, five stolen bases, six caught stealing. For his Oops. career, 23 stolen bases, 23 caught stealing. That's not good. All nah. of that equals a OPS plus of 75, and that will be a war of minus 0.6, not minus 0.5. He does have a mustache, though, so that will bring you down to minus 0.5. Oh, oh good. So you got, you got that going for you. All right. You're at 20.6, and your final card is pitcher for the Rockies, Jose Jimenez. Jimenez. Let's see, seven years in the big leagues, four with Colorado, two with St. Louis, and one with Cleveland to finish it up. 2003, his second, uh, he did not end his career well. Let me just say that. Uh, oh, oh, good. His final three years in baseball, 2002, three, and four, he went two and 10, two and 10, and one and seven. So you can kind of see why he was probably ended his career after that. In, so you're telling me his final three years, he was five and 27. Yes. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. In 2003, which is the year we're looking at, he went two and 10 with a 5.22 ERA. Now he's pitching in Colorado here. Remember, well, yeah. remember that. Let's see. 63 games, 20 saves, 101 and two thirds innings struck out only 45. 
I guess he just wants to keep the ball on the ground, and that is all he cares about there. That's a 95 ERA plus, and that is a war of positive point three. So, you know, you got that going for you. I was expecting a negative whole number. Yeah, nothing else on this card is going to help you out. So if you remember this name, I I thought he had and he did become a closer, actually, as as I just read you those numbers. But as a rookie in 99 with the Cardinals pitched a no hitter. Wow. So, uh, you know, that's pretty good. I hear that's good. I I heard that not everybody does that. No, I don't think everyone does. Now, here's something interesting. His son, Trey, is known as the YouTuber Alpha Remaster. He's, you know, known for video game remixes and stuff. Yeah. Exciting. I don't, I have not heard of him before. Uh, Let's just listen to, uh, here is a remix of uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha. The track is Battle. All right, I don't hate it. I'm going to tell you right now. It's <laughs> all right. All I'm, right. I'm not going to listen to any more of it, but you know, it's I'm, I don't don't hate it. All right, Alpha so that, yeah, that is uh, that is your your round. You ended up with twenty point nine. Wow, which, I'm, I'm happy. I thought I thought you were going to get a little bit more than that with some of the cards you had, but uh, nonetheless, there you go. Let's. I don't know, uh, how's your math, Jeff? My math. Sure? Yeah, my math. Yeah. Well, I'm using a calculator, so. Oh, well, then I trust you. I don't have that many fingers or toes, so I wouldn't have been able to count to 20.9. My turn now. My first card is going to be a shortstop for the San Diego Padres, Devi Cruz. Davy Cruz, let's see. He played for nine years in the big leagues. Five with Detroit, two for the Giants, one for San Diego, one for Washington. We're getting teams that are or guys that play for the Nationals now as opposed to the Expos. 2003 was his uh, one year. Oh, I guess he also played for Baltimore. Because he did in uh, 2003. 152 games. Their everyday shortstop. Hit 250, 269 on base. 14 home runs, 65 pickles. Not bad. 69 OPS plus. That's not good. And uh, that does equate to a 1.2 war. So I will take that. Uh, nothing on the card is going to help me out, though. All right. Next. Oh, I'm excited about this. Uh, you know, I'm a year or two short, but it is a favorite of mine and somebody that could be my coach at Ace Fantasy Camp coming up. It is the the lefty, the Cy Young Award winner. It's Barry Zito. Barry William Zito. Let's see. 15 years in the big leagues. Pitched even back in 2015. I remember this when he was trying to make a comeback. Got into a couple of games with the A's. 15-year career, 8 with Oakland, 7 with the Giants. He just loved the Bay Area. That's the thing. That's right. 2003, good news for me, he was an all-star. He won the Cy Young the year before in 2002. Uh, went 14-12 and 12 this year, 3.3 ERA, had four complete games, one shutout, threw 231 and two-thirds innings, struck at 146, had that incredible 12-6 to curveball that was beautiful. Ended up with a 135 ERA plus, and that is going to equal a war of 5.3 plus the all-star is 5.8. Nothing else here, but uh, I'm going to take the 5.8. Now, Barry Zito is a USC guy, the the University of Southern California, not South Carolina guy. And, uh, of course, member of the big three, Zito, Mulder, and Hudson. Who is your favorite of the big three? Zito. Really? Mine uh, Mine was definitely Hudson. Huddy was my yeah. guy, but I love Zito was probably my second. 
Uh, also, now this I did not know. I'm embarrassed. The uh, the show, The Masked Singer, he was apparently a contestant on in 2020. I did not know that either. I watched one episode of that and never watched another. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to take their word for it and say good for you, Barry Zito. Uh, obviously, I've I made mention of it before. He's a musician, has a couple of albums that I he was working on them when he was playing. He was always he, always, he carried his guitar with him on the road. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, check it out in 03. Do you get any bonus points? Because in 03, he was on an episode of Jag on CBS. Oh, I hadn't gotten that far. Now, that is not Sabrina the Teenage Witch, though, right? Uh, let me look. No, it's not the same. No, so I don't get points for that. But still, you know, very cool nonetheless. I've never <laughs> seen a show, that show this before. This is interesting. Yeah, you'll like this. Zito's character, a pitcher, faced assault charges after hitting a Marine with a ball during the annual Navy Marine All-Star Baseball game. Oh, that sounds like trumped-up charges to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Oh, this is cool. He co-wrote and sang vocals for a theme song for the Nashville Sounds titled That Sound. So the Nashville Sounds were the A's AAA club for a couple of years. And I remember he spent one entire season just in AAA there in Nashville. But yeah, here's a picture of him in the episode of Jag on the mound with this guy laying in the left-handed batter's (laughs) box. Get up. Uh, let's see. Early in his career, dyed his hair blue. I don't remember that. Nicknames Planet Zito, Captain Cork. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, practices yoga and surfs. I mean, he is the typical Southern California hippie he's, guy. He's your tally guy. Left hander. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, but Barry Zito, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to talk with him here in a couple months. So, no doubt. All right. I'm at seven. Even my next card. Oh, you'll like this. First baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals, Constantino Martinez. Constantino. I wish my name was Constantino. I When I found out that was his first name, I've always called him Constantino since. Uh, also <laughs> known as the Bamtino, which gotcha. is another great nickname there. Four World Series. Now, how many of those were with the Mariners? Let's Hold on. I only see. have 10 fingers. <laughs> Uh, also a home run derby champ. I really don't remember that, but uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take baseball references word for that. 16 years in the big leagues. He played more with the Yankees than he did the Mariners. 7 in New York, 6 in Seattle, 2 with St. Louis, 1 with the D-Rays. Let's see. In 2000, or I'm sorry, in uh, 2003, he was with the Cardinals, 138 games for a 35-year-old. He hit 273, 352 on base. 15 Home run, 69 pickles, a 106 OPS plus, and that is good for a war of 0.9. Now, he does have real stirrups that I can see here. Oh, wow. So that'll take me to an even one, which I'm, I'm not exactly moving quick here, but at least it's not in the negative. Apparently, though, if you want to, if you're looking for some commercial real estate in the Tampa area, uh, Tino. Might be your guy. Interesting, because remember, Kevin Moss does uh, uh, real estate here in, in California. So if you're a Yankee first baseman, apparently you are destined to go into real estate. All Is right. it really like that's the thing? I I don't know. There's two Yankee first basemen. They're both doing real estate. I'm just you, extrapolating. You someone, here. you know, if they're looking for a house, like, hey, why not have Tino Martinez sell it to me? Oh, no, only, like commercial. only commercital. Oh, only commercial. Only yeah. commercial. Okay, I got you. Yeah. 
All right, next. Well, I was saying that we were getting uh, nationals, but the uh, in 2003, of course, we're still looking at the Montreal Expos. It is Toma Oka. Man, I remember Montreal because all of the TBS camera guys, they would always be excited to uh, to go on Montreal trips because they would pick up all of the uh, over-the-counter medications in, in Montreal that you couldn't get in the United States. So they would go with the shopping list from people that weren't going. Ten years in the big leagues, uh, five with Washington slash Montreal, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Toronto as well. 2003, it was still Montreal. He went 10 and 12, a 4.16 ERA and 34 starts, 199 innings, 118 strikeouts, a 108 ERA plus, and that is good for a 2.6 war. Not bad. I I wasn't expecting that. Nothing else on this card is going to help me out unless I get a bonus for being an Expos jersey. Look, let me look in the rules here. Uh, oh, he, oh no. The bylaws don't say anything about that? No, I was just reading the constitution of the show, and it's, uh, it doesn't mention it. Uh, let's see. So he pitched in Japan prior to coming to the big leagues and also pitched in Japan afterwards, where he reinvented himself as a knuckleballer. No kidding. Yeah, and then he, and then so then Toronto signed him to uh, come to spring training in 2013, but he was released before the end. I like it when guys give that a shot. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, then he went back and he played semi-pro ball in Japan. Well, that's cool. Uh, and then the, the Orioles plan. gave him a chance, but that didn't happen again. <laughs> uh, let's see. Toma Oka is the only, the first and only member of the Expos to be named on an episode of The Simpsons. Uh-oh. Wow, that's close to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It yeah, very. It's, it's in the same, I think they inhabit the same universe. I do think so, yeah. Uh, March 16th, 2003, episode named C.E. Doe. I don't get it. Uh, Bart exclaims at one point, look at me, I'm Tomaoka of the Montreal Expos while playing baseball. And then Milhouse replies, well, I'm Esteban Yan of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Ooh, Esteban Yan, very nice. Now, to listeners of the show, that plays pretty well, because I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with both these names, but... To somebody just watching The Simpsons, they probably have no idea who that was. All right, next. Ah, we've got a guy that I loved when he was on Atlanta. One of those guys that played professional football, too. It's Brian Jordan here with the Dodgers, which is your team, which is not good. Oh, yeah. But yeah, two-sport athlete. Yeah, Brian Jordan. Let's see. 15 years in the big leagues. 2003, he was with the Dodgers. Uh, let's see, seven with the Cardinals, five with the Hammers, two with the Dodgers, one with the Rangers. 2003, he appeared in 66 games, six home runs, 28 pickles, 299 average, 376 on base. That's not bad, 112 OPS plus, and that will equal a war of 1.3, but he's on your team, so that will take me down to only a .8. He does have a mustache here, though, so that will be a .9 for me. Not bad, not bad. For, you know, and do you get the football stats too? Uh, probably. No, I'm not going to yeah. look that up. Oh, okay. First round draft pick of the Cardinals in 98. He was traded from Atlanta with Andrew Brown and Odalis Perez to the Dodgers for Gary Sheffield. Wow. I remember I remember Chef's time there and Chef Chefs out there in right field. That's right. Wearing the big Chef's hats. Uh, obviously, we talked about, played for the Falcons in the NFL, 1989 through 1991, had five interceptions and four sacks. So does that count as nine war? That counts as negative nine war because it's a different sport. I just read that. Mm. Sorry, man. Oh, it's point nine. That's not bad. Uh, shoot. 
Uh, let's see. I know he is doing some uh, some work on TV this year because I have heard it. And uh, let's just say he's uh, he's there. He's there. We don't like to go negative here. So we'll just say that, yes, he is doing work on TV. All right. He's at 11.5. My next card, the gambler with the Rangers. Uh-oh. Yeah, now it could be good. It, well, uh, he, I think he's on our don't talk about list, too. It's Kenny Rogers. You don't like his music or what? Uh, I don't like Kenny Rogers roasters. Uh, it's got a sign that keeps me up at night, and it's <laughs> driving me crazy. Bonus points for a Seinfeld reference. Yeah. Uh, of course, he does not like uh, TV cameras either and has been known to grab them out of uh, cameraman's uh, hands and, and destroy them. All right, let's see. The Gambler, 20-year career. He was a lefty, but, I mean, he was a quality pitcher. Not so much, I don't think, a quality human being, but 20 years in the big leagues, 12 with the Rangers, two years with my boys in Oakland, let's see, Detroit, Yankees, Minnesota, the Mets. Uh, he won a World Series in 1996 with the Yankees. In 2003, he was with the Twins for one year. At 38, he still went 13-8. and eight. Wow. Look, in 2006 with Detroit, he was 41 years old, an all-star, and went 17-8. and eight. That's impressive. That's impressive, is right. But 2003, 13 and 8, 4.57 ERA. That's a little high. 195 innings pitched, 116 strikeouts for a 99 ERA plus. And that equals a war of 1.9. You want to take it, right? Yeah, I'll take it. I, I am just creeping. I'm not getting. You are creepy. Oh, creeping. Oh, yeah, creeping. Thanks sorry. a lot. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to give that away. You don't come across as creepy, uh, you know, just by voice. I'm just saying. Well, I am. I'm trying to stalk this person that gave us the review. <laughs> that's a little creepy. Rogers known for some some very powerful defense. He won five Gold Gloves. Billy Bean said that he was the best fielding pitcher he ever saw. And did Rogers, he not see Greg Maddox at all? Apparently, he didn't watch the National League. <laughs> I mean, Philly. Maybe they Second, played for him. Rogers second all-time in pickoffs with 93. I'm betting uh, Andy cool. Pettit's number one, isn't he? Uh, sure. I, I'd be willing to bet Andy Pettit is, is number one. I'm, I don't want to bet, but I remember Pettit. People just did just stayed kind of stapled to the bag after a while because he was picking people because his move was very close to a, a balk. All right, so uh, obviously... Well, not obviously, because we didn't mention it, but Kenny Rogers threw a perfect game in 1994 with the Rangers against the Angels. Yes, that was a big deal. And uh, apparently got invited on to David Letterman after that. We should look that up. That might be nice. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think Kenny Rogers was really that. I, I'm guessing Letterman probably had to carry the interview. All right. So I am at 13.4. I've got four cards left and I've got a hobby masters special insert. And it's a Hall of Famer. Very excited about this. Oh, and I know he played his final year with Seattle, too. Oh, man, you, you, you're racking him up here. Yeah, he played most of his career with Seattle. It is the kid, Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, I think I heard of that guy. Yeah, I think you, you might have. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer, league MVP, 13-time All-Star, three-time home run derby champ, 10 gold gloves, seven silver sluggers, no World Series appearances. Yeah, none. Ken Griffey Jr., 22 years in the big leagues, 13 with Seattle, including his final two. So that's good right there. Nine with Cincinnati and then one with the White Sox. That was half a year with the White Sox. That was quite forgettable. Let's see. In 2003, he was hurt 
for a good portion of the year. Only appeared in 53 games. Hit 247, 370 on base. He had 13 home runs, only 26 pickles, and a 145 OPS+. plus. Let's see. That will equate to a war of 1.3. He is a Hall of Famer, so that'll be a 2.3. Uh, he's got eye black and a mustache, so that'll be 2.5. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I think I need to give this to me. He's got his own logo on his on his sweatband here. I think that counts. So it's you know how Michael Jordan, the Jordan, you know silhouette. Griffey has that as well. So yeah, I think that's got to count. So let's see. That'll be a 2.3 plus another three will be a 2.6. You know, it really should be a lot higher for for that. But this is my second player in a row that has been uh, on The Simpsons, though. Nice. Uh, One of the few players I think we've had that has his own shoe. Yeah. All right. I'm at 16 even. I've got three cards left. I've got a Record Breakers card. Oh, boy. (laughs) He's on our Do Not Talk About list, so this will be a quick one. Uh, Kurt Schilling, 319 strikeouts in 1997. That's a lot. To be the season leader. So, uh, Kurt Schilling. All right. Kurt Schilling, three World Series, World Series MVP, yada, yada. 20 years in the big leagues. 2003, he was with the Diamondbacks. I think he was with Randy at that point. He went 8-9 and nine with a 2.95 ERA in 24 games, 168 innings, 194 strikeouts, 159 uh, ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 6.0. Nothing else on this card is going to help me, but I will take that six. And with that, I am at 22, which oh. is, uh, again, I'm from a Pac-10 school, Pac-12. It'll be Pac-10 again shortly. Uh, I do believe that is higher than 20.9. So uh, hopefully I can just not get some minuses with my final two cards here. Let's see. This one is a postseason. Boy, I got a bunch of inserts here. Postseason highlights. It is from the World Series, and it is titled Angels Snowed Out. So uh, this is essentially a JT Snow card. Ah, I got you. All right, JT Snow. Let's see. 16 years in the big leagues. Six gold gloves at first base for JT. No World Series, though. Uh, Let's see. In 2003, he was with the Giants. Boy, he came up with the Yankees for seven games to start his career. I don't remember that at all. I mean, seven games in 1992. Who's paying attention? But uh, in 2003, 103 games, he hit 273, 387 on base. Not bad. Eight home runs. He never really had. I mean, he had, let's see, seven years of double digits out of 16 where he had double digit home runs, but he never really had that pop that the stereotypical first baseman had throughout his career. He had eight home runs this year, only 51 pickles, a 112 OPS plus, and that equals a war of 2.0. Nothing else on this card is going to help me out, but all I care about is that it's, it's not a negative. That's very important to me too. I was caring that it was. Wow, that World Series, uh, the Giants against the Angels in 2002, he had a great year, which is why this card is said the Angels got snowed out by him. In that World Series, he hit 407 with a 448 on base. He went 11 for 27, had a double, a home run, four pickles, two walks. That's not bad. Not bad at all, no. Oh, he went to the University of Arizona as well. 
where he was teammates with Kenny Lofton, who we talked about earlier, Scott Erickson, Trevor Hoffman. All these guys went to the University of Arizona. All right, so my final card, I am at 24, which I'm tempted to just not even look at this final card because 24. It's like the bottom of the ninth. You don't have to play it. (laughs) Well, I am the home team. Uh, It is another insert card here. It is a, it's another Giants card. And it just says Giants 2, Cardinals 1. Giants win the pennant. Nice, uh, you get I, the whole Giants team warm. Yeah, I guess it's got a picture of, I think that's Rich Aurelia on there going to hug somebody. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pass on that. I think we can, we can assume that nobody on the Giants team is going to be a minus 3.1 war <laughs> for the year <laughs> when they won the awful. <laughs> So I'm going to take it and I'm going to be back on my winning ways and that'll bump me up to seven wins. I like it. I like it a lot. This is depressing, Jeff. It's depressing. Yeah. Well, for you. But for me, yes, I'm exactly I'm for me. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode. This was fun uh, with the 2003, some names that we definitely had not called before, which is good. All right, that'll wrap up this episode of Wax Packs Heroes. It's also going to do it for this episode of Two Strike Noise. If you want more of us, you can find us on the internet. We are at Two Strike Noise. That is at T-W-O, Strike Noise, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, We've also got an email address that people can reach at us. Mark, you want to tell them about that? Sure, you can reach us at Two Strike Noise, spell it out, T-W-O, Strike Noise, at gmail.com. If you like this show and you want to counteract that three-star rating for somebody <laughs> that is going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to let this go, I can tell. Uh, make sure to go and rate and review us. But if you're going to bring the heat, make sure you know what you're talking about because you will be called out. But we That's do right. actually appreciate everybody that interacts with us. We love to talk baseball. So if you just want to send us an email and say, hey, do you remember when or, hey, you guys talked about so-and-so. Remember when he did this? Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on all those places. Also, just look in the show notes. You can find all that information as well. But until next week, Mark... I will talk to you later, and we will see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day.